Welcome everybody to another episode of Chingonas Only Club. I'm your host, Melis Ramirez, and today's episode includes discussions on alcoholism, binge drinking, sexual assault, and sexual harassment. So I want to put this up front as a trigger warning for my listeners who might be triggered by these topics. I hope that you enjoy this, and thanks for listening. And without further ado, get ready, get comfortable. And let's dive in. And let's get started. So today we're going to be talking about alcoholism and how it impacts our Black, Indigenous communities, Black, Brown, and Indigenous communities. And I chose this topic particularly because last week's episode on preventing child sexual assault and sexual abuse, a lot of the situations that I found myself telling you all about were brought on due to drinking, to alcohol, and of course, a couple of bad choices. So in doing that episode and in talking about my experience with sexual assault and sexual abuse, I think that I kind of triggered myself just by talking about it. And I didn't realize that it happened. A lot of the times when doing the podcast, people always ask me, how is it that I find it so easily to just talk about my experiences? Well, when I'm talking about it, it's almost a different way of talking about it. I like to almost switch it to a story mode and it somehow feels a little detached. Not in a sense like you guys aren't understanding the pain and the difficulty and the hardships that I experience, but more I'm telling a story that is someone else's. It doesn't feel like mine at the time that I'm talking about it. And it isn't until after I'm done recording that I will often experience all the feelings that come with reliving something of something that's this traumatic. And so this happened to me when I recorded last week's episode. I didn't realize that I created, essentially I triggered myself and I started to think about everything that happened like over and over details and started to what, why didn't that, why wasn't that prevented? Why did that happen to me? Why was I put in that position? And just the same old questions that I asked myself my entire life growing up. And it's not like I haven't moved on with my life. I have, but sometimes you'll have episodes where you just go back. And I wouldn't call it a regression. I think it's necessary to go through these things in order for you to better understand your situation and continue to move forward. At least that's how I felt about it. But anyway, in doing so, I would say I got a little depressed and I was very busy at work. So it was almost like I wasn't really allowing myself to pause I was so incredibly swamped with work that I just kept working and working and working. And it was a way for me to desensitize and focus on something else. And then once the weekend came, I my body just gave in and I was just extremely tired and overwhelmed. And that 
depression just kind of up and I found myself just scrolling through social media and looking for articles about sexual assault and sexual abuse and victims and how they cope and different coping mechanisms and how they their lives are impacted as adults because I subconsciously I think I wanted to understand something about myself but I wasn't sure what that was and in my scrolling of social media I started scrolling through TikTok as per usual and a bunch of videos were coming up with the hashtag growing up Mexican and it was of parties of little kids at family parties and to give you some context it says you didn't grow up Mexican if you weren't this little kid at a party and it'll be a kid just passed out because little kids get tired right our batteries run out way before our parents batteries run out sometimes and They have little kids that will fall asleep and at a party, they'll usually put like a chair together with another chair to do this like longer bench type thing. And they'll put the little kid on top of the two chairs with like coats and like a makeshift bed. And many of us who have grown up like Latinos or even in African-American cultures, you see that the kids are just sleeping everywhere. Wherever they fall, that's where they will be left to sleep. And I remember when I was growing up, that was very much a normal thing. You would go to a party that's supposed to be a little kid's party or like a one-year-old's party or a baptism, something that shouldn't require a high level of celebration but for some reason in our culture we just overdo it and it's idolized right the way Mexicans party is portrayed in the media Mexicans really know how to party well yes and it can be fun if done responsibly but what's not seen is like the background what happens behind the scenes and this is one of those things so when you go to these parties and all the adults take their children because we go with our children everywhere When the adults continue to drink and the party gets a little bit rowdier, right? The adults start drinking more, they get sloppy, they start dancing on the dance floor, their dancing gets sloppier, their discussions and conversations get louder, children get tired. The children will often be placed in a corner somewhere (laughs) to fall asleep. Or they'll fall asleep in their mother's arms and or their father's arms or some relative and they will then be put in a room. Usually at every house that you go to, there's a designated room where all the children are placed. When I was growing up, it was usually the room with a bigger bed and they would put all the babies, like the little babies, on the beds and all the babies would be sleeping on the beds and then the older kids you would get lower not lower but like you would have less desirable real estate to fall asleep on so some of them would fall asleep on the floor sometimes you had a pillow sometimes you didn't but it wasn't uncommon for you to walk into a party that would go on until 2 3 a.m in the morning where the adults were completely drunk And there was a bunch of children just sleeping in the room somewhere or on the floor somewhere or in a corner somewhere with no adult supervision. Now, why am I sharing this? Well, because I was that kid. 
and on two occasions where I was, I would say, sexually abused, molested was in a situation like that, right? The very first time that I can remember and then the last time that I can remember. It was at a party. It was at a family party with all the adults in my life who were supposed to be the responsible adults who were supposed to be keeping me safe when they were present. Now, I started scrolling through TikTok, following this hashtag, and then I started just looking around. And the more I scrolled, the angrier I got because in every video, there was a baby sleeping. There was a toddler sleeping, a little three-year-old, a four-year-old. Sometimes the kids were a little older. They start getting into seven, eight, nine, but they're often little babies, like two, three-year-old toddlers and whatnot. And the more I scrolled, the angry I got because one, that kid was left alone to their own devices. Their parents were nowhere to be seen. And, you know, someone was taking a video of them, right? Oh, you're this little kid. And it's this little baby just passed out on the bed. And obviously they're not doing the video with any type of like malicious intent or they're not doing anything to the child. They're just laughing because it's so normalized. And they're like, yeah, we've all been this kid, essentially, is what they're doing, is they're relating to this little baby that's just thrown in a corner somewhere. And they think it's funny, right? We've normalized it so much to the point where we just make jokes about it and we laugh about it. But if you were one of these children and you experienced what I experienced, and it's infuriating because you ask yourselves, why was this child put in that situation? And how many of the children that are shown in these videos, how many of them will experience this? And, or how many of them have already experienced this? How many of them remember it? Um, and it's really scary when you pose that question. But the problem is that within our community, people won't talk about it. If I was to ask a parent at a party whose child is in another room somewhere like that, if I said, hey, why aren't you watching your child? I guarantee you I would be the bad guy every single time. Every single time. If I pointed out that, hey, there's drunk men and women at this party who can barely stand up straight, some of them who can't carry out a coherent conversation, who are too drunk to drive anywhere and just are falling asleep everywhere, do you think this is a safe environment for your child? Again, I would be the bad guy. And it's really frustrating. I personally have really distanced myself from all my family, with the exception of my mom and my brothers, because I treasure them. <laughs> but I don't like going to parties like this. And instead of, you know, people just respecting that decision, you get seen as like a party pooper or she's so judgmental because we drink. And I think that I really wanted to talk about this because I even experienced this at work, right? I'm now 36 years old. I'm in the military and I drink. I do drink. I enjoy a glass of wine every now and then. If I'm really feeling it, maybe I'll have a beer, <laughs> but I don't drink to get drunk. And it'll probably be like, three, four times a year that I choose to drink. And I've never drank more than three drinks in one sitting. So why is that important? Well, because that's a choice that I made. I have nothing against alcohol, but I do have a problem with alcoholic people. 
And I do have a problem with people who drink irresponsibly. And being someone who grew up with an alcoholic parent, where alcoholism was the root cause of domestic violence and a lot of the hardships that I experienced naturally, I feel like I have insight to this, we'll call it vice, than most people do. Most people will look at this as harmless behavior, drinking, going out to party, not being able to have fun without drinking. A lot of people will think that if you can't party without drinking, then you're an alcoholic. But many people won't acknowledge that. In their eyes, they're just having fun. They just like to loosen up, whatever. It's fine. It's just not something that I've chosen, right? And so for me personally, I don't mind when people drink around me, but I am very careful when people drink around me. I will not drink around strangers, and I certainly won't drink if my children are around. It's, again, a choice that I have made. I don't expect everyone to make that choice, but I do expect people to respect that. Now, how do my views impact the way I live my life? For a while, the DAPA at my command, which is a drug and alcohol program advisor, and essentially my job was to promote responsible drinking. As someone who's in the military, we can say that the military has zero tolerance for underage drinking and that our policy or view on alcohol is responsible drinking, um, knowing your limits, making responsible choices, and ensuring that you're making good decisions, essentially. Now, nowhere in that statement does it say, I'm the alcohol police, but my job is to enforce good order and discipline by enforcing the Navy's drug and alcohol policy. So deglamorization of alcohol and ensuring that younger sailors understand that there's resources if they ever want to seek alcohol treatment and whatever. Seeing my experience with alcohol, I also am privileged to a lot of information. If someone decides to get treatment for alcohol, I'm one of the first people, one of the few people that would know that information. I don't share that with anyone. I take it very seriously and I get invested in that person's recovery or whatever the case might be. How this can be viewed as negative is beyond me, but it is. And instead of being like that someone who cares, who potentially has experiences with alcohol and alcoholism, and this is why I've chosen to take on this and make sure that I'm a voice of reason to help sailors who are struggling and may not even know it, I'm seen as the party pooper. <laughs> Every time people want to have a holiday party or people want to have whatever it is, the topic of me and my perception on the commands glamorization of alcohol is always brought up. And I always have to remind everyone that I am not that important. I don't make policy. I only enforce it. If it says no alcohol at a specific event, it's not because I chose it. It's because my commanding officer chose to enforce that and I'm merely passing the message. I don't mind passing that message, but the fact that I'm seen as this 
individual who is always like, I can't have fun because I'm old or whatever the case might be. It's simply not true. One, I can have tons of fun. I just don't need alcohol to do it, right? That's my choice. And for some reason, that is so offensive to people. People get so freaking triggered when I don't drink at an event. They're all drinking and like, come on, have a drink. I'm like, no, I'm okay. They're like, you don't drink? I'm like, I do. Just not that much. Like I, I'll have a drink and I'll probably baby that drink all night. Like it's just me. I, I'm just not that individual. I was at some point in my life. Trust me. I've been there. I've done that. I got all of the binge drinking out of my system before I was even old enough to drink. And I can tell you that my experiences were freaking horrible. And it was probably the worst time of my life. I was going down this horribly downward spiral. And so I have been there. I've outgrown that stage in my life. And I like to think that I'm a better person now than I was back then. Do I expect everyone to give up drinking in order to become better people? No, you can be a great person and still drink. But when I tell people this, they take it personal. They take it as an attack. They see me as almost like an antagonist to their fun having <laughs> moments. And I find it comical, to be quite honest, but it's a little bit frustrating sometimes when people misunderstand you so much. They don't understand that your concern comes from a place of caring rather than I'm just trying to burst your bubble and keep you from having fun. I have no interest in any of those things. Whether you have fun or not is something I just simply do not care about. But unfortunately, that happens. And it's the same thing, the same kind of treatment or reaction that I get from my community and from people in my family. If I was ever to try and say, hey, like, why are we filling up a cooler with a hundred beers? It's a baptism for an eight-month-old baby. Do we really need to have this much alcohol and let this much people be drinking? Is it necessary? And for them, it's almost like, what? <laughs> like, why are you questioning this? Because it's a kid's party. It's a kid's birthday party. It's a one-year-old's birthday party. Or it's Mother's Day. Like, any excuse for drinking, people will take it. And I do have a problem with that. Not because... I don't want people to have fun, but because I want people to understand that there's a time and a place. And when your children are growing up and they're seeing this, later on, you try to preach responsible drinking to them and you try to preach that they don't need to drink to have fun. But they've witnessed nothing but this kind of behavior, right? And it's this continuous, vicious cycle. Why the hell did I feel like I needed to drink to party. It wasn't because I was reading it in a fucking magazine. All right. When I was a teenager, I wasn't reading in a magazine that drinking was cool. It wasn't that. It was because I grew up in a family that when they drank, they partied till it was two, three in the morning and they got wasted and they would dance and make fools of themselves when they were drinking they were sloppy and you think well, that's not fun no it's not but when you're a little kid and you don't understand the situations you think it's funny and then these situations you see them enough you think it's normal and when I became a teenager 
I didn't see anything wrong with drinking, despite the fact that my father was an alcoholic. And I knew that a lot of his violent episodes started with him drinking. I still didn't connect the dots. I was too young to even think about that. So now as an adult, it's something that I've chosen to just not have in my life. Again, it doesn't mean I don't drink. It just means that my kids, my livelihood is way more important than that. I don't feel the need to drink to have fun. I'm crazy enough without it, right? I'm uncoordinated enough without alcohol. I don't need it. I don't need to be sloppy on top of it. I don't need alcohol to loosen up. If I feel comfortable in my environment and I'm comfortable around the people that are surrounding me, then I will have a good time. If you need alcohol to loosen up and you're not comfortable in your environment and that's what you need, for me, at least, the way I interpret that is that that environment is not an environment that you want to be comfortable in. And that's okay. But people take it very personal for the choices that I make and they assume that it's about them almost. And what I try to get across to people is that, no, like it, it's not a you thing. It's a me thing. This is how I grew up. This is what I experience around people who drink in this manner. I wish that my community didn't do things like this. And I wish that we started to normalize talking about alcoholism. But it's just we're not ready to have these conversations because in order to have conversations like this, the person that you're talking to or the people or the group of people that you're talking to has to acknowledge that there isn't a need to drink and they'll never do that or they'll say there isn't but and there's always something that follows right they can't just be like no there isn't because the minute they do now they feel judged for every event that they drink and that's not the point of it the point is to get them to a place to understand that hey when you are drinking in excess irresponsibly you make bad decisions as a parent for me those decisions impact my children i never want to put my children in the position that my parents put me in because they were too busy partying and drinking i never it would break me it would break me if my children were ever abused were taken advantage of while I was in the same place and I missed it because I was too busy drinking or partying or dancing somewhere off in the corner. It shouldn't happen. And so, yes, in my case, in my situation, alcohol was the main cause of why I was left unattended. And it was because all the adults were drinking. The people who abused me were drunk when they did it. So yes, I have a very particular view on drinking and alcoholism, especially around children. So why is it something that I felt the need to talk to? Well, I posted a TikTok 
And I said, hey, were you ever that kid that got left alone in the room while your parents were partying and all the adults were drunk? And then someone came into the room and sexually assaulted you or molested you? Or was that just me? And I posted it because I was so mad of seeing these fucking videos with this hashtag. And to my surprise, the video got, say, like about 5,000 views and about 150 comments, all from women who are uh, black or Latino descent, because it wasn't just Mexicans, all of them commenting and saying, I feel validated. This happened to me when I was a kid while my parents are partying. Or it's not just Latino communities. It happens in black families too while the adults are out there partying. Or thank you for talking about this. My family ignored me. Or despite the fact that it happened, my family still chose to continue partying. And I was, in a sense, I posted the video because I was angry, but I came out in the end with validation because I'd never shared that with anyone. And I shared it because I wanted people to see that, hey, you guys can laugh and joke about hashtag growing up Mexican and hashtag Mexican parties and the little kids, you know, who are in the corner, but you forget to think about what actually happens to those kids when they're left unattended and the adults are too busy drinking and partying. Normalize talking about alcohol. Normalize drinking responsibly. Normalize not putting your children in situations like that just because you are too fucking selfish and you want to have fun. Plain and simple. And people think this can happen at any time. You're absolutely right. You are absolutely right. It can happen to anyone at any time. You don't have to be drinking for it to happen. But it shouldn't happen because you're drinking. You dumping your kids somewhere because you want to go party. And then something happens to your children because when you're not there. By someone you trust. Yeah, I'm sorry. I don't want to party that bad. I don't need to go out that bad. It's just not something that is. There's nothing more important to me than my children. And again, my personal choice, y'all live how you want to live, but don't take it personal when you ask me a question about why I feel the way that I feel and you don't agree with me. It's not about you. I'm not judging you. I know that this is a hard way to live because it's very lonely. And like I said, people look at you like you're the fucking Grinch who stole Christmas, but that's not what it's about. When people say, hey, we're having a Christmas party and sorry, no kids, but you can stick them in a room and some stranger can watch them. No, thanks. I'm good. They might be a good person. The fact of the matter is I don't know them. And people might think that this is just super paranoid, but as a parent, you're supposed to be this way. And you can't protect your kids from everything, but you can protect them from this. So I just wanted to make sure that I talked to you about this today. I hope that it makes sense because it was a rant for me. But this is a headspace I'm finding myself in lately. And yeah, so thank you for listening. Come back next time. Adios.